Hello, hello, and welcome to this recording of the Divine Downloads podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Overton, and today I'm delighted, per usual, because I have an amazing human, a very talented human and nurse um, to interview today, Jen Reich. She is a board-certified nurse coach, author, and poet, my first poet ever on the show. Jen's PhD work focused on story and well-being in registered nurses. Jen is the author of seven books of poetry. She's also the author of When This Bluebird Died, a children's book about celebrating life. Jen's poems and stories are inspired by people, animals, nature, and all aspects of our shared human experience. She is a passionate explorer of the healing potential of the creative arts and facilitates workshops for healthcare professionals on creativity and well-being. And we'll share where, where people can find your work um, towards the end. Jen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Thank you. And thanks for all the positive energy and inspiration you put out into the world. I'm just enjoying getting to know more about you and your work. So thank you so much. Of course. Well, thank you for that. And uh, of course, I like to share a little bit about uh, where I meet people. And before I do that, I have to just a little shout out to the angels, uh, the posse of angels, because it's one eleven where I am. Yeah, eleven eleven here. <laughs> so, so that's just apropos for for you and me together on sharing the airwaves today. Today, and so uh, we met on uh, the social medias. Maybe it was LinkedIn. Maybe it was Facebook. I'm not sure. Um, however, it's just so cool how. I just let spirit work through me and I'm very attracted to a certain, uh, what I would say, frequency of a human, which is high vibe, very much heart centered, um, very much focused on mind, body, spirit, and of course, nurses, right? And so I'm so glad that we connected and there's never, ever, ever an accident of who, whose path I cross, right? And so, for sure, you know, what's that saying? Birds of a feather flock together and like attracts <laughs> like. Law of attraction, all the things. So it wasn't an accident that you and I met. And I absolutely, I mean, I didn't even know that you could do a PhD on story and well-being. So let's hear a little bit about your story. Like, how did you, were you always, were you a nurse first or is this a second career? It's, it seems like that's a lot of the story I hear from people. Um, let's hear about your story. I mean, you are such a creative being and I love what you're, you're also putting out into the world, especially for nurses. Sure. Well, thank you for that. Um, well, nursing is a second career, uh, though I was still in my late twenties when I went to nursing school, I had started actually in, um, exercise science and went on to do a, a master's degree in exercise science with a gerontology specialization. So after that, I, you know, I was very young and just exploring where I wanted to work. I took a job as a YMCA director for a couple years. And so worked with older adults and aquatics. Um, my background is, in, is swimming also my sport that I grew up with. And so after that, after working at the Y, the Y that I was working at was going to be closing, um, and I just started looking for other positions and I found myself at a gerontology research center in Cleveland, uh, where I'm from. And there, uh, Dr. Katz, who 
is was amazing human being. He is the Dr. Katz of the activities of daily living scale. So he worked there and was, uh, I forget his title, but he was the, a distinguished researcher and fellow. And so he was just such a generous man. And I was analyzing research projects. I was working with one that was studying long-term care workers and how to support them in their well-being. And but I was mainly behind the screen and I, and I really was longing for something different. And so I would have coffee in the mornings with Dr. Katz and he was like, well, have you ever considered medicine or nursing? And we would talk and that's actually what prompted me to really look into nursing as a career. And at that time, which was just uh, around the turn of the century last, you know, 1999, 2000, um, there were a lot of second degree nursing programs starting. And so that's what I did was a second degree nursing program, but it was really with his inspiration and just insight and learning more about what nurses do, um, you know, beyond working in a hospital or working in a facility, which is very important, but just how vast our skills are as nurses and what we bring to nursing and how many talented creative nurses are out there. So that's what led me to Path and Nursing was really those conversations uh, with Dr. Katz. Don't you just love how the universe works? I mean, come on now. You were, and I did not know that uh, your master's was in exercise science. My, um, I have my bachelor's, um, my BS in um, sports fitness management before I went to nursing school. So wow. cool. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Katz, like what a cool, he was the founder of the activities of daily living scale that that, and then you were behind the scenes working with, so basically it was the effects of, um, of people working in long and long-term care and kind of how they were doing, um, emotionally, physically, that kind of stuff. Right. And so the, the organization that I worked with was, is in still in existence is that was the Benjamin Rose Institute and just the most amazing people in work. And they have always a variety of studies going on. But one of the studies I was working with, which really um, solidified how important, you know, wellness is for healthcare professionals and paraprofessionals and was, was working on this study um, that was called the respect study. But when the study finished and we were, and, and just to give you a brief version, which is, you know, this has been a long time ago, is we were looking at, you know, how to support um, nursing assistants who had worked as longtime nursing assistants to have a career ladder. And so with the Alzheimer's Association, um, they had developed a, a dementia care specialist program. And so some of these long-term nursing assistants who were very skilled and wanted to further um, what they could do and to help train the other staff at, you know, be trained the trainers at their facilities. Um, it was a grant, you know, that in part of that grant was that they were then dementia care specialists. And so at the end of that program, um, I, and I was, you know, very young, the project, I wasn't in charge of the project. I was working on helping with the data. And then, then I helped to really develop a, um, just a celebration for them of self-care. So we had music, we had you know, massage, all of these different um, ways to honor them at the end of their completion of this program. And it was just such an amazing day that when I um, 
was working in a, in a long-term care facility as a nurse educator, um, I kind of, you know, started a, well, I mean, not kind of, we started a wellness program and for the nurses and the nursing assistants and all the staff really to get um, that fitness and that healthy eating and, um, but also the spiritual well-being. And so that built all of these things, I think, in our lives from our background that we bring into nursing whenever we become nurses. Um, it all plays into, um, I guess I would say it is, I feel like nursing informs everything I do, even my poetry. And, you know, I was writing poetry before nursing and I was working with exercise and wellness before nursing. But all of that, as nurses, we encompass all of this mind, body, spirit, wholeness. And so we bring that to not just our work, whether it's in a facility or in a different capacity, but we bring that into our lives. And so we have so much to offer, um, you know, in our work and beyond. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I think coming to the table and so many people, right, are second career nurses. And it's, it's just it's so cool to me. Like you take this education, I like to call it edumacation because I like to make up my own words and, <laughs> and really like craft it and cultivate it and nurture it and turn it into like whatever you want. So how, how did you take all these incredible experiences, you know, celebrating these nurses and these nursing assistants and, and the research to then pursue your doctorate? And it makes sense, right? That, that you, you did your dissertation on story and well-being because it, you said you did poetry before. Um, tell us a little bit about how you decided to go back to school or what that was like for you, Jen. Uh, sure. So I actually um, had a variety of roles before I went back to um, nursing school. I always had wanted to live out West and I was working for a couple years in um, New York City um, in hospice and palliative care nursing. And I applied for a job out in Arizona. I was ready. I mean, I loved the connections and people I met in the city. But for me, my heart and my energy, you know, were drawn to, to move west somewhere. You know, even as a kid, I used to draw. And drawing is not my, you know, artistic talent. But I would draw these little humps in mountains with a little sunset coming through as if I'd seen them before. You know, we have these ingrained just kind of knowing where we want to to at least explore. Um, and so I applied for a couple jobs um, closer to Northern Arizona and they weren't, you know, really the right jobs for me, but then I got an opportunity to take a position in Tucson as a clinical instructor. And so I, you know, got that job. And when I was at University of Arizona, you know, I started exploring their PhD program and um, decided that I really, you know, wanted to do a PhD and explore um, qualitative research and story and poetry. I, you know, I, I, besides poetry, I, I write stories as well. And so um, not necessarily looking at it from a storytelling perspective, but it's one aspect, but how we as nurses use stories. And so some of the questions, you know, I asked um, the nurses, you know, how do you think story works or how do you use story in your work and in your life. And so I asked them several questions and it was a qualitative research study. And it was just, um, it was really fascinating. And I felt very honored um, to work with the nurses in my study. I, and it was really incredible 
in the sense that, as we know, when we do research, sometimes recruitment is the most challenging part of research. But when I put my letter out saying I was doing a research study on stories, I mean, so many nurses wanted to, um, to help to jump in. I even got a letter from a chaplain and a social worker. So, which I, you know, I had to limit my study. It was a very, you know, intro doctoral um, study, but in the same sense, I was just really um, struck by how people wanted to tell their stories and, and help by sharing their stories. And I think, you know, as individuals um, and as nurses, we can educate each other and educate clients and patients on, you know, how to eat right, you know, how many hours a week of exercise are recommended, but if we don't know the bigger picture, the story, um, then it's very hard to create lasting change. And so it's really getting to the heart of our story and, you know, where are we stuck? And, and I mean, I certainly have had many places where I've had this stuckness in my story and really had to change that story. Um, but it takes work and it, and it takes, you know, changing the thoughts we're saying to ourselves and, and, and adjusting our lives so that we can create that time for self-care um, even when it appears like, you know, 24 hours of the day seem full. And so, um, you know, when we look at our story and, are, and we're able to share that story with somebody else who bears witness to our story, then we have the potential, you know, to make change. You know, and, it, and it, it's, it's um, I still have places that I'm working on. I think it's a lifelong process, but um, really listening and really being present with somebody um, you know, sometimes that's lacking in our healthcare system in, 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 because we just don't have time. And so that, I think that's what drew me to story and just having that awareness that, um, that we're the ones that can create the change for ourselves and, and help somebody else just simply by listening to their story. Okay, I often get angel bumps during my interviews. So I was definitely getting angel bumps when you were referring to the how moved and how how humbled you were to hear these stories, right? And and then I'm also thinking sort of the flip side, right? We were talking about contrast before we got on the show. And it's like, I love contrast because it <laughs> it shines a light on where we need to do more healing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and when you're talking, I'm thinking it's so true when we can bear witness to someone else's story that is how we can make lasting change and as a nurse being being present fully fully present you know not worrying about charting not worrying about all the things just being present especially right now like all the stories that we're hearing reading about you know, nurses like they're the ones right now being present as people pass and, and they don't even have their families there except for through the cell phones and and so talk about the stories that are being created right now are are so incredibly powerful i, I would say probably um the argument or like the the devil's advocate or there might be people listening nurses that are like yeah we we need to share a story we need to tell our story and sometimes the big conglomerate the big whatever it is might be one of the barriers, one of the blockades. So for a nurse that's listening, that's like, yeah, that's great. And how do I, how do I start to share my story? How do I 
um, start to think about my story. Is there, is there like one or two baby steps, Jen, that you could share with somebody who is wanting to tap into this incredible sure. vessel of, of, of healing, really? Well, I think um, one thing I didn't mention in, in was that when I was in New York, um, I met with a group of nurses regularly, and it was my uh, friend Jackie Levin and I, um, who I met in New York and my mentor had connected me with. And we started, we called it a tea and chi group, but we would just meet um, usually once a month, you know, on, on a Sunday or Saturday and, and just sit together as nurses and share our experience. Because I think as nurses, we, no matter what area of nursing we work in, we're all nurses and we have the shared experience of being a nurse. And so having that group to share stories with, to sit with, to listen, I was very helpful. And, you know, we just, it was relaxing. It was informal. So, you know, it wasn't necessary, you know, we weren't sharing our stories outside of there, but just having um, a group of people who truly understand what you're going through. The, the situation may be different, but it is that nurse to nurse sharing. So that is one way I think um, that is a good place to start. And certainly, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, you know, people aren't sitting around having, you know, tea and chi together, but you can call somebody on the phone and, um, you know, listen to them or, or offer to listen um, to somebody tell their story. You know, for example, I'm not working right now in the hospital or long-term care. I, I, I teach, but in the same sense, I can be on the other end of the line listening and, and bearing witness to somebody's story. I think that's such... That's such wise, wise uh, wisdom because it's easy to just, you know, sort of deal with it or just like um, push it under the rug or whatever, right? And then it's like after a certain amount of time, it just, something's got to give. So I love that just reaching out and I think it's a lost art form, right? The connection. And I love this T and she, and I've never met Jackie. Of course, I know her name, of course, because of social media. So that's so cool. Like what a small world. It's really such a small world. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I would love to have you share some of your beautiful poetry, because I believe that. um, words heal. I absolutely believe that with every ounce of my being. And so it's a beautiful way to receive healing, right? By, by being read to, by listening to a story, it's the frequency of the words, right? It's the, it's the whole thing. So would you want to share some of your magic with us on the, on the call today? No, absolutely. And I really didn't, um, plan for what poems that I would, um, prepare except for one. Um, but then, so I'm just going to kind of open, um, I have some books in front of me. Um, I have a little drum and so just going to open and see uh, what wants to emerge. So let's do it. Do not be afraid of joy. It seems a bit insensitive when the world is out of sorts to say go out and find your joy in music, dance, art, sports. Yet the mystics of all ages know that joy is how we heal, 
for it radiates through time and space and helps us all to feel. It calls us to the work we love, that we love in all we do. It lifts us out of our despair and expands our points of view. So do not be afraid of joy and seek it from your soul, for joy provides an opening to remembrance of our whole. This one I did pick out to read today. Um, and this is a poem I wrote, speaking of numbers, on um, 10, 10, 10, and it's called Souls. And it was one that was uh, requested uh, from my book, and it just felt right to read today. In your shoes, I'll walk a mile, even if they don't quite fit. And if they're simply not my style, I'll simply walk with it. For your shoes have much to teach me your soul upon their souls, and with each stride you beseech me to understand the whole. And I'll gladly share my shoes with you that we may meet a new perspective, knowing that our worldviews are really quite subjective, and somewhere we will take them off to feel the earth between our feet, grateful that we shared our souls so that our souls could meet. And I want to share one more, um, and I guess I do have this one out. It, it's a memoriam um, to all of the healthcare workers, uh, nurses, and frontline workers that have been lost um, due to this virus. And so it's just simply called In Memoriam. In Memoriam for all who've died in service to the whole, for their friends and for their families, for the journeys of their souls, with love and utmost gratitude, with care for those still here. May their memories be a blessing, which all of us hold dear. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Jen. Wow. Thank you. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, I know you've been writing for poetry for how many years? <laughs> it's been, a, I, I kind of think in rhyme. And so not all of my poems rhyme, but since I've been um, a kid, I've, I've just always wrote rhymes. I used to write funny rhymes, you know, in class. And, um, but I've always written nature poetry. And um, it's just something that I think I was born to, to do. And it's, it's interesting because it's, I think the hi the highest compliment I received from my poems, I I guess I'll dial back. When I was younger, um, much younger, I used to feel like, you know, if my poems weren't recognized or they didn't, you know, fit into the the model of what was very popular in poetry, that I, I wasn't doing well. And 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 as I got older and um, more self love, self worth, self care, I realized that you know these poems are a reflection of, of you know, what my soul wants to speak. And so I started putting them out there 
and they really resonated. And um, people would say to me, um, you know, I didn't think I liked poetry, but I really like your poetry or I love your poetry. And it just inspired me to keep putting out, um, you know, start a blog and social media. And so, um, you know, probably for about, you know, 15 years or so, you know, I've really, you know, put my poetry out there, but it is, I think creativity, it's a very personal thing and it's a very, you know, so um, some things are meant that we want to just write for ourselves, but other things, you know, we want to share. And it's, a, so it's honoring that space where you're at. Um, and, and that's one thing I would say is that with, um, I think whatever creative form you use, you know, if that's uh, writing or dancing or um, baking or painting, it just, for me, the gift of creativity is helping us get into that space of flow and awareness where we're able to find our own creative solutions for, for our own healing, because we're not thinking about, you know, when you get in that creative zone, you're not thinking about all of the things on your to-do list or things that you're worried about. You're simply with the creative process. And so I encourage, um, creativity without judgment. I mean, I, I love to draw still, like I talked about the mountains and paint. It's not my main, you know, gift, but in the same sense, it's, it takes me into that space um, where I'm able to just, you know, allow and allow what's to come through to come through. So good. I, I just love this so much. And it's funny because I, <laughs> When I got the first channeled message I've ever received in my life, it was actually during a period of time when I was overcoming a limiting belief that I didn't have a quote, creative bone in my body. Hmm. And it was like, oh man, the universe, it has such a funny sense of humor because hmm. I got this download. Oh, you should write this thing. I was like, I, what? I, I quote, don't know how to do that. And then it was like, just go back to the lake and you'll figure it out. I think that um, this is just my personal view and sort of what's been reflected back to me from the earth is that when we start adulting, when we start, you know, paying a mortgage and having a job and being a parent and having all these obligations and duties, and also if we've had any type of trauma, which I think it's pretty much all humans, then that's when we start to, we stop creating, we stop, we stop dabbling in play because it's like, we don't have time for that. And I, I believe that, I mean, when you were speaking about the writing and even the drawing, it, it, it literally like forces you to go within. It allows you to tap into that wellspring of your own humanity. That's so, so profound and so healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, giving yourself that time, whether it's just a few minutes at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, or when you're taking a break, um, you know, even if it's just doodling or writing, you know, from some prompts or some great writing prompts out there. Um, you know, when I do a workshop, I love to have people, you know, uh, write on, you know, what do I love about myself? What am I most proud of? Um, so that you can really appreciate um, where you're at and, and all that you offer to the world. And, and sometimes we don't take that time 
to give ourselves that gift that we would give others. We might tell our family members, our loved ones, our friends, you know, how much um, they mean to us and what they bring to our lives, but we don't always tell that to ourselves. And so um, writing it down or, you know, expressing it in some way um, opens us to really that self-love that, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but that was, is something that, you know, I've struggled with. And I know that many people also struggle with that and, um, you know, women particularly. And so, you know, tell yourself those things, write, write them down, um, affirm, um, you know, your presence and your worthiness in the world. So good. So I always, I typically get visuals or words come up to me um, when I'm listening to people. And when you were talking about your poetry, I remember reading one of your poems on LinkedIn and your poems, they, they literally, they invoke emotion and feeling, right? And it's that, whew, it like, like takes your breath away kind of thing. And I feel like that's the power of your work and poetry specifically is that, I mean, you, isn't it cool to think that like one word or like a cluster of a couple words can literally move somebody um, either to tears or to joy or to pull you inward? I mean, it's, uh, I'm just so geeked out by words and they healed me. So I just appreciate your work so much. And let's tell people, Jen, how can, how can people get into your, your poetry world? Tell us all the socials. Okay, um, so my Instagram is at Jen Reich Poetry. It's um, rhymes for humanity, Jen Reich, but I think you'll find it at Jen Reich Poetry. And same Facebook is Poetry Not Poverty. Um, and so you can also find, um, if you just search Jen Reich Poetry, you'll find it there, but it is um, Poetry Not Poverty. And my blog um, that I had, I ended my blog last year at 2000 entries, but I pop on occasionally, but you, all of the poems and images are still there. And that is poetry-not-poverty.blogspot.com. And um, I'll also send you a list that you can put of just, so I have some, you know, other social pages as well, but um, those are the main ways I communicate and feel free, feel free to, you know, find me on my um, Facebook page as well. Um, so this has been so fun. I just um, so grateful for the work you're putting out there and just the creativity that just from listening and connecting with um, other nurses and, and, and getting a chance to listen a little bit to some other podcasts. I'm now excited to go through and listen to more, but um, just so much expression and talent and so many gifts out there that people are sharing. And, um, you know, to everyone who's working um, on the front line right now, whether that's in a long-term care or home health or hospital, um, thank you. And please um, know that we're supporting you, um, praying for you, keeping you in that, in that positive space um, and, and take good care of yourself. Well, well said, Jen. And of course, tomorrow starts Nurses Week. And so what a beautiful gift. If people want to buy, you have seven books. Um, let me see. So if you go to amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Jen Reich, J-E-N-R-E-I-C-H, right? People can order your books there, Jen. 
Absolutely. Yes. And, um, and I do, like I said, we have, I have a wonderful friend and who does a lot of work with healing in the arts, Chris Kolash, and she uh, illustrated um, when Miss Bluebird died, which, you know, like I said, is a celebration of life, but is a good book for um, kids of all ages really to, to help um, share their memories of loved ones and, and stories. And so if anybody is needing that at, at this point in their life at down the road, I think, you know, uh, there's some memory pages in there where you can really start to write down and create your own stories that you want to share and pass down. So that, uh, that one is uh, when Miss Bluebird died. That sounds absolutely amazing. And so, so timely, right? I mean, it's always timely when Miss Bluebird died, that, that is the most precious name ever like the visuals that i get oh so good <laughs> so so thank good well thank you and um yes please feel free to connect with me everyone and um you know know you're supported and 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 loved you know for what you bring and for who you are and you're amazing ah uh, thank you so much i'm so glad the universe brought us <laughs> together and thank you for your wisdom and your poetry is absolutely sublime. That's the word that keeps resonating um, for me. And yes, bowing um, an homage to the nurses who have gone before us, the nurses who are here right now serving in whatever capacity you're serving, whether you're um, the director of nursing, an instructor, mm -hmm. on the front lines, wherever you are, know that you are divine. And the role that you're playing is so appreciated and keep taking those baby steps. Please share your story with others. And we need to share our stories because they are divine and special. And until the next episode, keep taking those baby steps and remember that you're supported every step of the way, even, and especially on those dark nights of the soul, when you're like, really, you're going to leave me hanging <laughs> like this. You are, you are supported. No, wait, wait. <laughs> Yes. And um, if this podcast moves you in any way, shape or form, please share it with your bestie. Please um, share it with your friends and family. Uh, and it would be awesome if you head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would love to get this in front of, um, in between more people's ears. So thank you. And um, it feels like I need to say namaste. So thank you, everybody. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>